Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today uh, at the webinar for Getting Set Up in Singapore. What are the jurisdictional advantages for fund managers? I'll hand you over to my colleague, Connie Wong. Thank you, Connie. Thank you, Eddie. Hello and welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. My name is Connie Wong. I am the Executive Director of Waystone based in Singapore. Waystone has over 20 years of experience in providing governance and compliance solutions to fund managers globally. Today, we want to take this opportunity introducing August team to our fellow industry friends and clients. August has joined Waystone in June this year and is part of our global compliance solutions team. I'm very delighted to have Sachin and Nithi joining with me on this webinar. Before we get into the details, I would like to invite both of you to give us an overview introduction of yourselves and also um, about Argus. Sure, thank you, Connie. Um, hello, everyone, uh, and thank you for all joining this webinar. Uh, let me take you through first uh, about the Argus and myself, and then I will hand it over to Nithi. Uh, I am the one who founded the Argus in 2017, um, thereafter, I have uh, Dipesh Agarwal, who joined me as a, a managing director in a very early stage of our business, followed by Nithi as a director of compliance. What we do primarily, uh, we are a, being a regulatory compliance consulting firm. We primarily focus on to the financial institutions, how we help them or the kind of a clients we get. Basically, the clients who are either regulated or desire to be regulated, we provide them a very solution approach to deliver our services. How we do that, we uh, we take, again, the approach is very credible to Nirvana, where we help them to, if they are looking to set up a business here and uh, get the journey of a fund management, say fund management as an example, uh, or a fund manager, we help them to uh, start with the setup of the organization here, which is corporate compliances, followed by doing their licensing application, doing their compliance policies, processes, ongoing compliance monitoring, internal audit, training, and other corporate compliances. Again, the uh, offerings are pretty bespoke. We look into uh, what clients really wanted and the solutions is provided that manner. Our clients, uh, as I talked about, our clients are financial institutions. Um, primarily, these are fund managers, but we do cater our services to other institutions like payment services, uh, licensed fund, uh, licensed financial advisors, uh, insurance broker, so on and so forth. And Nithi, you may uh, proceed to give you an introduction, please. Thank you. Thank you, Sachin. Thank you, Connie. Uh, firstly, very happy to be here today and be part of this webinar. A quick background to myself. I'm a compliance professional. About uh, have about 15 years of experience, regulatory compliance experience in Singapore. I started off um, doing compliance for the bank, and then I moved on to do compliance for in-house leverage FX broking entity. And then after that, I've been uh, doing regulatory compliance consulting in Singapore. And I've joined Argus, and I'm now part of the Argus family, and I'm very happy to be here. Thank you, Sachin and Nithi. And I guess um, uh, just the first question to Nithi, similar to the topic here today, what are the jurisdictional advantages for fund managers? So why is Singapore jurisdictionally important for a lot of the fund managers? Thanks, Connie. So um, I think uh, why Singapore is, is a good place to be based for fund managers, I, I would look at it maybe in four to five areas. The first one is the growth outlook. Um, Singapore, because of where it's located, it is 
very well positioned to take advantage of the growth in this part of the world, especially China. And, uh, you know, given that, um, you know, uh, in terms of what we're looking at, um, how the regulators are pushing the asset management industry here in general, in terms of legislation, favorable uh, laws and, and regulations here. At the moment, I think, you know, we have about 3.4 trillion assets that are already under management. And we're looking at over 890 fund managers um, who are based out of Singapore. And these numbers are only going to increase. So in terms of growth outlook, I think Singapore as a location um, is very ideal, especially if, fund managers are looking to target investors and money from this part of the world. The second reason I would say is very strong uh, regulatory environment um, and political environment. Uh, Monetary Authority of Singapore, MAS, is the central bank and integrated financial regulator. So you have the sole single regulatory body that oversees all of the financial institutions. Uh, There's a lot of transparency, Um, in terms of understanding the laws and in terms of getting regulated in Singapore is a very straightforward, uh, transparent process, which makes it uh, quite a favorable reason for foreign fund managers to consider Singapore as a location. Uh, The other aspect of it is as well, um, when you're a fund manager, you're looking to get institutional money, especially, they are looking for uh, fund managers to be based in a uh, you know, a, a, a good environment, I would say good meaning, you know, transparent, uh, politically stable environment. And Singapore fits all of those criteria. Um, Singapore as a financial action task force member, I think that also uh, adds to the advantage. Uh, as a member of financial action task force, um, you know, the, the risk of Singapore as a country risk is low. And again, that um, bolsters the, the reasons why fund managers would want to consider Singapore as, as, a, as a good location. And then the third element would be tax incentives. Uh, as I mentioned, Singapore wants to be the asset management hub in this part of the world. Um, I, I would even dare say the equivalent of Cayman. Um, and therefore, there are lots of uh, tax advantages that have been built into the legislation. You have uh, double tax treaties uh, that Singapore has signed with various countries. That in itself is also attractive for foreign managers. Uh, We also have very specific uh, tax incentives for fund managers. Uh, Specifically, we have the 13X and the 13R, uh, which is the enhanced uh, uh, fund manager tax scheme um, and the income specified tax scheme. And again, these are uh, I won't go into the details of the tax schemes. However, these tax schemes are there to basically encourage fund managers to uh, set up their fund management entity here, as well as the fund vehicle uh, to be based out of Singapore. And then lastly, I would say uh, the other aspect is the business environment. Um, Singapore is also trying to be the fintech hub in, in this part of the world. There are lots of grants. There's a lot of uh, money that it has uh, been put into encouraging uh, new startups, new fintech uh, solutions to be headquartered in Singapore to again bolster and make Singapore attractive uh, for foreign fund managers to come and set up their base here. Um, and in, if you look at the workforce as well, Singapore has a very good, um, you know, uh, educated workforce that is again. Um, there to fill in the employment requirements and capabilities uh, that is needed to grow this country to meet the demands of of, uh, foreign fund managers. So I think 
in general, these are the managers should definitely look at Singapore as, as an ideal location. And you're right, Anissa, I do very much agree with you. You know, Singapore is definitely a favorable jurisdiction for a lot of the managers globally um, to put a presence and maybe put an outfit in Singapore. So if you can maybe share with us, you know, I know some of the managers here today, they're relatively new to Singapore or maybe relatively new to the region. So if you can share with us some of the different types of fund management regimes in Singapore and how is the licensing uh, process look like? Sure. Um, so, as I mentioned, Singapore, the MAS is looking to, uh, you know, establish Singapore as a uh, hub for asset management, and it is already doing that. So, in line with that, I think the the licensing regime for fund managers is is uh, thought through very carefully to remain attractive and and transparent for fund managers uh, to get onboarded here. Um, in general, there are four categories of licensing um, categories that, that fund managers can fall under. The first one is called the Registered Fund Manager Regime. Uh, it's not a license. It is, however, uh, uh, an approval from the regulator to operate um, as a fund manager here uh, within certain parameters. Um, you are only able to deal with accredited or institutional investors, up to 30 qualified investors. Um, and there's a limit that you can only manage up to 250 million assets, Singapore dollars. Um, if you're able to operate within these uh, guidelines, then you know you can uh, go and apply for the registered fund management company uh, application. And then the one next up is called the Capital Market Services License for Fund Management, dealing with accredited and institutional investors. So under this category, this is a license under the Capital Market Services category, which is uh, regulated under the Securities Futures Act. And uh, the main restriction under this category is that you can only deal with accredited or institutional investors. Uh, in other jurisdictions, you may refer to these as uh, the professional investors. Um, again, you know, majority, I would say, uh, of our clients tend to fall under this bucket. And then the one up after that is basically the uh, licensed fund management category dealing with retail. So there are no restrictions. You can deal with, you know, anyone, any type of investors under that particular category. And that will be the most stringent uh, licensing category here in Singapore. And then lastly, we've got the most uh, light touch regime for fund managers, and that's called the venture capital fund managers. They still are considered to be licensed uh, under the capital market services category, uh, but it's only specifically for managers who want to operate as a VC venture capitalist, uh, venture capital fund managers. There are certain restrictions uh, in terms of uh, the type of venture capital funds that you can manage. And uh, it's also restrictive in terms of the type of investors that you can deal with, namely uh, accredited or institutional investors. So I would say these are the four um, you know, uh, buckets or categories of uh, approval or licenses that one can obtain uh, should you wish to operate here in Singapore. And thanks, Nithi. And I guess the next question I have to you is about VCC. There's a lot of conversation, a lot of chat in the markets about VCC variable capital companies. And also, you know, 
uh, Weizhong, we, we have offices, we're 10 offices around the globe and a lot of our managers from US, from Europe, from China, from Hong Kong, they all ask about this new uh, fund vehicle. So if you can tell us a bit more of what is a VCC and how how can a fund manager set up uh, a, 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 a fund vehicle here? Sure. So I think... Um... Before I go into the specifics of VCC, just to uh, give you a bit of background. So Singapore, current uh, before VCC, still had other fund uh, structures. Um, we, we still have the private limited company structure. Uh, you have, we have the limited partnerships. We have the, um, uh, you know, the unit trust type of uh, structures here as well. And VCC was added fairly newly. Um, again, VCC, the variable capital company, was uh, set up to basically, again, um, make it attractive for fund managers to consider Singapore as a fund domicile hub. And VCC is written in such a manner that it is meant to allow close-ended funds as well as open-ended funds to uh, you know, um, take advantage of this structure. Um, in terms of the specific requirements or, or characteristics of the VCC, I would say, you know, namely, um, there are, I would say, six or seven key requirements or characteristics to, to take note of. Uh, a VCC has to be managed by a Singapore regulated fund manager. Um, so you can't have a foreign fund manager um, reg, uh, be the manager of a VCC incorporated in Singapore. So this is something to, to take note of because we often get inquiries from uh, foreign fund managers where they want to um, you know, set up a VCC here, uh, but they are not yet regulated here in Singapore as a fund manager. You need to have a Singapore-based uh, company secretary and registered office, and um, you have to be subject to Singapore-based auditors and uh, make sure that financial statements are prepared uh, according to international standards. Um, there are also tax incentives that uh, VCCs can take advantage of. These tax incentives, uh, namely 13X, 13R, are already present here in Singapore, uh, and VCC is able to take advantage of the existing tax incentive schemes that are present. And then the other uh, thing to note as well is that because Singapore government is promoting VCC uh, and trying to grow Singapore as a fun, uh, you know, domicile hub, uh, it is also uh, issuing various uh, grants um, to cover some of the expenses incurred by fund managers in setting up the VCC. So, in terms of the requirements and, and um, uh, looking at the uh, minimum requirements to be met, the, the incorporation of the VCC, I would say, uh, is fairly easy process, uh, just like how you would set up a normal company in, in Singapore. However, uh, what, what is the main difference here is that before you set up the VCC, you have to speak to various service providers. Uh, particularly, you need to ensure that you engage with the tax advisors, uh, the legal firms to help you draft the constitution document, as well as advise you on what is the appropriate manner to set it up. Because under the variable capital company, you can uh, have standalone VCC as well as uh, an umbrella VCC, as we call it. So under the, underneath the umbrella VCC, you can uh, set up various sub-funds uh, to be managed within the umbrella. So again, 
the advantages of having a single VCC versus an umbrella VCC with various sub funds. Uh, that all uh, you know depends on you know the type of strategy that you're employing, uh, the type of investors that you're targeting. Uh, you can even incorporate a VCC structure into a master feeder type of an arrangement as well. So there are lots of ways that VCC comes in to play uh, when you're looking at structuring uh, your funds. And that's why tax and legal advice is uh, especially important before you decide uh, to go down the path of deciding uh, what type of VCC you're going to incorporate. Is it a standalone umbrella? Uh, is that going to be a feeder or a master structure um, as part of the overall uh, fund, uh, fund you know, um, structure that you're going to put in place? I would say, yeah, you know, uh, these are the key things to note. Thanks, Nithi. And, and we, we did receive uh, some of the questions um, in advance to the webinar, and some of the questions are in particular to uh, uh, relating to VCC. And one question here they were asking, so what is the cost of setup and maintenance as well as the regulatory requirements and tax obligations of a Singapore fund? Sure. So I think uh, the... The in terms of setting up the VCC, as I mentioned, it's quite a straightforward incorporation process. Uh, but you have to get the appropriate advice first before going down the registration of the VCC with ACRA. There are certain annual uh, filing obligations as well that you would need to do. A key thing to remember about VCC is that it is it is a hybrid between like a normal company and a fund vehicle. So there are certain uh, requirements that you have to meet in terms of, you know, if you're going to appoint a new director uh, or, or uh, a new service provider of, or, or anything like that, you may have to pass certain board resolutions. Um, and the other aspect of the VCC is the constitution. So within the constitution, there are lots of uh, conditions that will be already written into uh, that the VCC will operate uh, within. So for a VCC, you have to look at it. There is the constitution, there is the ACRA, which is the uh, uh, business uh, regulatory body here uh, that has certain conditions you have to comply with, as well as the fund uh, prospectus documents. Um, so the VCC would have to uh, you know, uh, make sure that all three are sort of uh, connected and, and reading properly. So setting up the VCC, again, just to emphasize, it's not, it's not a difficult process, uh, but the background in terms of laying the foundation and having the appropriate advice is important. In terms of cost, again, it's not expensive setting up a VCC, uh, but the legal cost uh, involved and the tax advisory cost uh, that can be, um, you know, uh, Costly, I would say, uh, which is why MAS has, uh, you know, uh, put in place various grants. But you know, if you ask me, the cost of setting up, say, a, a, a you know, a fund vehicle in Cayman, um, I don't think it would be, uh, um, you know, very different uh, in terms of the cost structure um, uh, when we think about it in that manner. Um, there is also the option where you can redomicile a foreign fund. Um, in Singapore under VCC. So again, the cost for that uh, could slightly be different uh, because you're looking at uh, bringing in the fund from a different jurisdiction to be based out here. So sometimes the legal fees around that might uh, might be a little bit higher than, than usual. Um, so yeah, and, and in terms of uh, timeline, uh, it takes, I think, couple of days or weeks to, to sort of get the uh, incorporation done. And thereafter, uh, the subscription into the funds that, that will be 
uh, done as per any other fund structure. Uh, on the compliance front, uh, the key thing to note here is that the AML KYC obligation of the BCC falls on the manager, uh, but the manager can outsource the certain aspects of AML KYC to a third party like a fund administrator. So that that currently is is uh, can be that currently can be carried out. But you know again, the responsibilities have to be maintained um, and and carried out effectively. So even though there's certain element of outsourcing that is happening, the fund manager has to ensure that uh, whoever is conducting these checks on behalf of the fund, they are able to demonstrate that they are meeting the Singapore requirements uh, in terms of AML and KYC. Uh, appropriate checks have to be done on the service providers to ensure they have the experience as well and the capabilities to, to do uh, the, the function for the fund managers. And I guess that the next question I have, and I, I was often being asked, I was often asked by a lot of the managers, is at what level of AUM is it feasible, you know, for a um, non-Hong Kong or non-Singapore uh, or, or uh, um, managers, you know, to to set up a, a, a shop in in Singapore. So I think the right way to look at it is not uh, looking is not via the AUM parameters, but rather, um, you know, what is the motivation to set up in Singapore? So, you know, um, traditionally Singapore-based fund managers are still, you know, setting up their funds offshore. Uh, but of course, with VCC, it is becoming, uh, you know, it's becoming a, another option for Singapore fund managers to consider Singapore uh, as a fund domicile location. Um, if you're going to have portfolio managers sitting out here and carrying out the portfolio management function, then despite whatever size AUM that you're going to be managing, you need to be appropriately regulated here as a Singapore a licensed or regulated fund manager. So I think that's important to, to keep in mind. Um, the other thing is where your investors are coming from. Mm. Again, that, that uh, plays, a, plays a role. If you have, uh, especially institutional investors, pension funds, et cetera, looking to uh, you know, invest with you, a lot of them want uh, fund managers to be based in a, um, you know, a, a good, uh, geographical location, uh, good reputable jurisdiction. And so again, uh, that uh, is an ad added advantage. If you are a fund manager and you're looking to target these type of institutional investors, having the manager and the fund based out of Singapore is, uh, is, is seen favorably. Uh, uh, thanks, Nithi. I think that that's very good to uh, uh, hear and also good to, I also uh, very much agree with you. When managers looking to set up the, the, the presence in Singapore, it should be mostly, you know, to consider the motivations and also the investor base um, as a, uh, a, as a um, key consideration. So I guess just to, you know, wrap up the session we have this afternoon and last but not the least question, what can August do to help managers or clients to set up as a fund manager in Singapore? Sure. So I think um, the way I look at it is uh, there are three core areas uh, that we can help uh, fund managers who are looking to be based here. Uh, the first one is that we can help them get uh, appropriately licensed or regulated here under whichever category that I've mentioned earlier. 
uh, we will handle them and help them go through the application process until they get the final approval. Uh, the second area that we help uh, fund managers after they are regulated uh, is to uh, be their outsourced compliance service provider, wherein we come in and we uh, effectively build their compliance framework, uh, the monitoring plan that we will then uh, carry out for the company to make sure that they are not going to conduct any regulatory breaches and that they are looking at their compliance obligations on an ongoing uh, manner uh, and they are documenting all of these checks. So we act as the outsource service provider to provide the advice to them on the regulatory requirements to uh, assist in completing the uh, compliance obligation as well as um, being the communicator to the regulator on their behalf. Uh, should there be any need to notify the MAS on certain um, you know, changes or uh, communicate with the MAS uh, to seek certain approval on behalf of the client. And then the third way that we're helping uh, fund managers and how we can help uh, future fund managers is to put in place the right policies and procedures. So any fund managers, if you're looking to be based in Singapore, you need to have appropriate compliance framework that includes compliance manuals, risk management framework, appropriate policies for conducting AML, KYC checks, enterprise-wide risk assessment, and also outsourcing and technology risk management. Uh, and we uh, effectively put these policies and procedures for our clients uh, and make sure that it is suitable for the size and the business that they're conducting uh, or they intend to conduct in Singapore. And then uh, besides these three core areas, we also then help fund managers uh, do uh, other uh, services such as internal audit, which is again a reg regulatory requirement here. Uh, we also help fund managers uh, with training, various trainings uh, conducted by us uh, to comply with the continuous professional development requirements here for licensed fund managers and to make sure that they meet their AML training obligations. Um, and then from time to time, we also help fund managers do gap analysis uh, or as I call it, um, you know, a laundry list of uh, rules and regulations that are applicable to them, uh, like a rules mapping exercise. So these are all different areas that uh, we get involved in. And then on the fund side, uh, we can uh, assist to incorporate the funds, uh, uh, especially if it's a VCC, we can assist to incorporate the VCC. Um, if you're looking to uh, actively do the uh, fund distribution in Singapore. There's also a regulatory requirement to get the funds registered to be sold and offered to Singapore investors. Um, and and uh, primarily, you have the recognized foreign scheme and the uh, authorized uh, Singapore scheme. And uh, you have the restricted Singapore scheme and the restricted foreign scheme. These are the different schemes that you can register your fund under, uh, depending on whether you're offering the fund to retail investors or accredited investors. So that's something also that uh, we, we can help uh, foreign fund managers. Thank you, Nathan. And this is very good to hear, you know, a very comprehensive solutions uh, your team offer to um, clients who are looking to get the setup uh, right uh, in the first place in Singapore. So I do very much, you know, appreciate your time and also such in time this afternoon um, talking through to our clients and managers, you know, um, for the setup in Singapore. And thank you so much again to all the managers or clients who are dialing today listening to our webinar and if, if you have any questions or um, 
anything you wanted to share, we do welcome you uh, drop us a line um, to Sachin, Nithi, or, my, or myself. We're happy to get on a call with you anytime uh, to see if there's anything we can support you. So thank you again to all of you. And I wish you guys have a wonderful uh, rest of the day.